Can you hear me? I have a red light instead of a green light. I wasn't sure. So maybe a dying battery. <coughs> so we are glad uh, today to have Stephen and uh, Wairei uh, Werner uh, with us. Uh, they have they are international workers with our denomination, Christian and Missionary Alliance. And uh, just as Paul uh, went out on his journeys and then came back to Antioch uh, to report to the church, uh, they are here home this year uh, from Japan, though whether this is home or Japan is home is probably getting a little uncertain. I mean, they're traveling to America from their home in Japan where they've been for uh, two terms, uh, four years each. And uh, this uh, past term, uh, they have uh, been church planting in Sendai. And uh, Stephen, I think, is going to show us a map and show us where that is. This year, they are at Simpson, uh, where they are international workers and residents and being a presence uh, for missions uh, at the Simpson campus and uh, helping the students there uh, aim toward missions to take that message of Hosanna uh, to, to the world. So uh, let's pray. Father, you are a missionary God. You have reached out and called us, given us faith, uh, that we might uh, be your children, give you the praise that we have just sung. And we are glad for your heart for us. And we are glad for the heart that you have put in uh, Stephen and uh, Waire, uh to go across, uh, Lord, to a, uh, to a hard place where the church, your church in Japan is, is very small. Uh, and they are seeking, Lord, to bring uh, the peoples there to you, to give you glory, to add to the number that will be before your throne, giving you glory. Uh, so we ask uh, uh, that you would allow us to hear Stephen's heart, uh, to hear your heart uh, through him. Uh, speak through him and uh, give us your vision, Father, for telling the world of your greatness and your marvelous, merciful salvation. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Thank you so much uh, for this opportunity to speak. It's just such a privilege to be with each and every one of you, and we're just so grateful for um, the ways that you um, partner with us through your giving to the Great Commission, which allows us to proclaim the gospel um, in Japan and for this body, for this church body beyond that. And I am just so, so grateful and honored to be here. Um, my name is Stephen Warner, and I, I feel bad for Jim and for anybody who sees my wife's name in writing because it is the most misleading spelling ever. It looks like Yair, and it's just, it's actually a Korean name. Ide, which comes from Jehovah, so it's Jaira, Jehovah Jaira, so it means um, God, the Lord will provide. Um, so silent why, I'm not sure why, but it's Ire. And um, yes, we're just so delighted to be here. We have four children and um, um, ranges from eight to one, so it's a very, very, very busy season um, in life. 
But um, yeah, we are back in the States, as uh, Jim said, as the International Workers in Residence. This is actually our second time doing um, this position, and uh, we just wrapped up our second term. Um, I am actually a, an MK myself. I was raised in Chile. My folks were uh, church planters, missionaries with the Christian Missionary Alliance in, uh, in Chile. And um, I was raised in a Christian home. But uh, as you know, just because you're raised in a Christian home, that does not mean that you are a Christian. And um, it, as a young boy, as a nine-year-old boy, I feared death tremendously. It was something that literally just kept me up at night. I'm not sure why I thought about it. I don't remember people threatening hell with me, but just for whatever reason, death was very real and I was afraid of it. And that's what drove me to really ask the question, what is it that my parents believe? That's what started me to examine the scriptures. And of course, I came upon a very, very famous passage, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Everlasting life. I feared death and there was the promise in these words of Christ for everlasting life. And as a young boy, I wanted that. I wanted everlasting life. I didn't know what that meant. I was only nine years old at the time, but what I understood is what I wanted. And that night, I was on a home assignment actually, nine, um, nine years old. Um, I remember trusting in Jesus. And that moment, I remember just being flooded with an incredible peace that no matter what would happen in my life, I would be okay because my eternal destiny was secure. And that started me on a journey to follow Jesus. And that was only the beginning. It wasn't until much, much later in my life where I became much more aware um, of just how sinful I actually am. Um, and I, I still remember, I, I mean, uh, I'm 36, and it wasn't super long ago when I just was just came into this realization, wow, I am a sinful person. And rather than that actually spiraling me down into despair and hopelessness, what it did was it was, it was beautiful what, what the Lord did because it was when I became keenly aware of that, that I finally understood what it meant that Christ's blood washed me and cleansed me. And that had nothing to do with what I did how I behaved, what my family did, but it was all because of what Christ did on the cross. And I was pure and holy and righteous and clean in his sight because of his blood. And I actually, in that moment of deep awareness of sin, was filled with joy, with deep, profound joy. And I know many of you listening know exactly what I'm talking about. It wasn't much later um, uh, when, I, when I first received Christ where I just, I was really interested. I was raised in Chile, like I said, but I was, I was interested in, um, in martial arts. Um, at, I always have to put a caveat on this. In Chile, Japanese anime is very popular, but it's so popular you don't actually know it's Japanese. <laughs> because everybody watches it. You just, there's soccer ones. Um, there, there's just a lot of shows that everybody watches. I thought it's in Spanish. I thought it was, I thought it was a Chilean show. Then I figured out this is from Japan. It's like, oh, like, oh, Japan. And I liked martial arts and that just got me more interested in Japan. And, 
And as I, I kind of began this journey of just learning more about Japan, and that's when I discovered that Japan is a country of about 127 million people, but less than 1% Christians. And if you actually make that attendance of like church, church attending Christians, you drop that percentage so low, it's like 0.2% um, of a nation of 127 million people. That is a large amount of people. It's the second largest unreached people group. And I remember that shocking me, startling, startling me. And really, that was when the Lord put Japan on my heart. I was reading this uh, biography of a missionary who was preaching the gospel in China. And as I was reading his biography, I remember the Lord saying, you're going to be doing the same in Japan. It wasn't go preach the gospel in Japan. It was just a, an indicative statement. You will be doing this in Japan. And that set the trajectory for my life of, okay, I'm, I don't know how, I don't know when, but this is what God has in store for me. Um, and uh, I went to to Calvin College, or now Calvin University in Grand Rapids, Michigan. It's a, it's a reformed school, uh, but they had a Japanese major. So that was one of the reasons why I went there. And little did I know, my mom also wanted me to go there because my brother went to Wheaton, so I was kind of close by. But it had a Japanese major. So I started studying Japanese, learning more. I went to Japan. I, as I was in Japan, the Lord confirmed the call to Japan. You will come back here. Um, I went back. I met this a wonderful uh, woman who was also interested in Japan, who felt called to Japan, and um, that brought us together. Uh, we graduated, we got married, and um, we went to seminary, studied. I served at a Japanese church as I went to seminary, and then in 2014, we both went to, as missionaries uh, to Japan. We are church planters, but I honestly believe the main thing that I do is proclaim the gospel. Proclaim the gospel. And I remember the Lord said, you will do this in Japan. You'll proclaim the gospel in Japan. I was radically transformed in my own life. And if you ask me, what is it that you do? It's proclaiming the gospel. The same thing that I experience in my own life is the same thing that I carry and I share with other people. But what is the gospel? So if you would... Um, why don't we go together to 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 5, where the Apostle Paul to the Corinthian church, the body of believers in Corinth, is sharing with them what the gospel is. I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but I would like to spend a little bit of time here. Um, there's just a lot of confusion um, in many areas of Christian teaching, and the one that there's confusion here is specifically the resurrection of Jesus um, and also the resurrection of the dead. And Paul is going to clarify what, what that is in this passage um, to the Corinthian church. I'm going to be reading from the ESV, um, and uh, I'll start with chapter 15, verse 1. Paul is speaking. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of forced importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to, to Cephas, then to the twelve. 
Then he appeared to many more, 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Jesus died for our sins, according to Scripture. He was buried, and then on the third day, he rose again from the grave, and he appeared to the disciples. Now, if you share this with a Japanese person or anybody who has zero absolutely zero background with Christianity, this actually means nothing to them. Who is Jesus? Why did he die? What is sin? He rose again. What on earth does this actually mean? So just to, ex just to go review a little bit what I would have to actually explain to a Japanese person is we would have to begin with God created the heavens and the earth and he created all human beings and he created us because he wanted to enjoy us and he wanted to have fellowship with us. But we human beings were rebellious and we did not trust in him. We did not give thanks to him. In fact, we ignored him and ran away from him and that is called sin. And that sin actually deserves death because we're breaking not human laws, which if you say in Japanese, sin tsumi, actually means, they actually, they're like, I'm not a sinner because I haven't broken any laws. You haven't, we're not having broken human laws. We have broken God's law, which is an infinite, infinitely higher standard. And because of that, we deserve death. But Jesus, but God is so merciful and kind and gracious that he loves us and does not want us to perish, that he comes pursuing us in his son, Jesus Christ. And he went to the cross and that punishment that you and I deserved. He himself bore the wrath, that righteous judge who had wrath. He literally poured it on Jesus Christ in our place, on our behalf, as our representative, so that we would not experience and suffer that. And then on the third day, he rose from the dead, vindicated everything he said, overcame death so that whoever would confess their sins and trust in Jesus, turn away from their previous life and follow him, they would be forgiven. They would become children of God, adopted into his family and have everlasting life. And one day when he comes back, when that resurrection he experienced, the whole world will experience in complete renewal. And it will be glorious because we will spend all eternity with God and his people. This is the gospel. And this is why I'm in Japan. And this is the message that I'm sharing do I need to tweak it a little bit at a couple different places? Absolutely. But basically, the essence is the same. Now, if you are hearing this, some of you, for some of you, it's, I believe this. Yeah, man, I was raised in this. I believe I gave my life to Christ. Awesome. Let us commit ourselves to share this message. For others of us, you know, man, I've heard this, but I don't really know if I've actually ever believed this message. I don't know if I've repented from my sins. I don't know if I've trusted in Christ as my Savior. If that is you and you feel the Holy Spirit stirring in your life, I, 
would just invite you to believe in Jesus. Just even now, Lord, forgive me of my sins. If you're interested in learning more, speak with the pastor. There's baptism coming up. This is a perfect opportunity. Would you believe in Jesus? For others of you, you're, you, 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 are, you know that you know that you know that you know that you are saved. But maybe the Lord is stirring in you this desire. Man, but I actually, you know what? We were just singing about how his salvation is going to go throughout the whole creation. That the whole creation, all the peoples will worship and praise him. And how will they do that unless they have heard? Man, I want to be a part of this. If that's you and you are interested, please come speak with me. Of course, the leadership here. But I would be happy to talk about the different ways that you could get more involved in God's mission to proclaim the gospel to all nations in preparation for his return. I will speak, I will share a little bit more later, but I, I will be out in the back just in case I do forget or I run out of time. I do have a sign-up sheet. I'll be out in the back. I'll have like a prayer card. But please, if you are interested in this, don't hesitate to find me. Don't even hesitate to contact me later on to, to, to meet. I would love to talk about this. We are in Japan to preach the gospel. And um, currently, well, the first term we were doing language study and we served at a Japanese church in the greater Kanto area, the greater Tokyo area. The second term, we went back to a city called Sendai. We felt that the Lord was leading us in this direction and the Lord opened up doors to go to this city, which is in northern Japan. And maybe I'll just cue you in the back to... Um, that's my family right there. Um, yes, that's my family. <laughs> you can see a little trying to get everybody, and it's amazing when they're all looking at the picture. Um, but yes, this is Sendai up in the north. You can see kind of Tokyo more is in the middle. If you see where it says Japan, and you go to the right and then down south, um, southwest, you see Tokyo. It's about a four or five hour drive. It's about an hour and a half on the bullet train. So that's currently where we're serving, where, we, where we're church planting. We are not church planting alone during language study. I met a friend who had a similar heart, similar passion, similar convictions, and he joined our team, although he is not an alliance worker, but he joined our team. We have a memorandum of understanding, um, and you can go to the next slide. This is Kevin Cochran. He works with us very, very closely. In fact, he is the one that's leading our church in my absence. So grateful for his friendship, so grateful for for his service, um, a very, very um, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, zealous to, to preach the gospel and share the gospel. Um, we also are part, um, have uh, an, another uh, uh, single gal on our team, um, Quinn McGarvey. Um, she is, um, she's also serving with us. She's currently in Japan as well. And that's actually um, Sendai in the back. You can see Sendai right there, the city, um, kind of a, a taken in a famous place where a castle used to be. Um, and yeah, she's a part of our team. That's kind of our core church planting team um, in Sendai. Uh, but we've since then had some more um, people join us. They're not on the church planting team, but they worship and gather with us and they support the ministry. Uh, maybe many of you have heard of Envision. Uh, which is one of the structures of Alliance Missions. My wife and I and Quinn are a part of the access structure, which is basically more 
church planting, more um, theological education, working with church networks. That's not always the case, but generally speaking, that's how the structures work. You've probably heard about this. Uh, but we also have an Envision site currently being developed and, and launched in Sendai as well. Uh, their names are Br uh, Brad and Julie Nelson. This is their family. They arrived last year in, I want to say it was in May, May last year. They did a language study for a year, and now they have kind of opened up their site, and they're taking on teams next summer of 2024. So they're very, very busy trying to get things uh, on the ground, but we work very closely with them because they do worship with us. So there's a lot of overlap in terms of ministries acti ministry activity and um, um, just uh, work that we do as well. And in addition to the Nelson family, we have the Hoys. Now, they're, at, they're marketplace workers, um, which uh, many of you may have heard about marketplace, but basically that means that they are they're business professionals who are full-time professionals, but they live in Japan and they view themselves as missionaries because they are committed to furthering the gospel within their, their, their field in that country. So... Um, Joe, he actually works with um, tech, so he teleworks. He still works in the States, but he's, he can live overseas because of the nature of his work. Um, and, the, and that's his wife, Venus, and his son, Josiah. That guy has so much energy. He is, you know how some kids count as more, you know, you have four kids, but there's one that's like, that guy counts as two or three, you know? You know? This guy, I think he counts as three. Um, so very, very, he could be an acrobat. It's like this guy. Um, but uh, so they're very busy with him. But anyway, um, they're with Marketplace and they, they, they worship with us. He, they've helped us out with tech, with audio. I mean, they're just, they've blessed us tremendously um, and given much of their time in spite of the fact that he has a full-time job. Um, but very, very grateful for them. Now, there's another structure called Kama, which does more uh, relief and development. Um, they, Japan is a more developed country, so there's not as large of a need for that sort of work, although after the tsunami and the, the, the triple disaster, the, the tsunami, the earthquake, and the nuclear meltdown, um, there, was a little bit of a, there was a little bit of a presence, and Kama does give occasionally if there's a big like earthquake or they, need, they will give money. Um, but currently, these three structures are present in Japan and in Sendai. And one of the reasons why I want to mention this is because there's many ways to do missions, as you know. There's, some people feel called to more of a clergy track. No, I am going to go, and I'm going to start a church and preach the gospel. Others are like, yeah, no, I don't feel called to do that. But I do feel called to be in this field, but I want to go overseas. Marketplace, you can, go as, you can go with Marketplace and do that. Or you feel, you know, I want to actually see an experience. You can go on a short-term trip directly with the church, but now with Envision, you can go with them and you can do either a short-term trip or you can do an internship for a year or two years and really get first-hand experience on the mission field and be receiving discipleship as you're doing this. There's many ways that we can do uh, missionary work now, and it's really neat how the Alliance is opening up the door that way. Now, as I shared, um, um, we are planting a church, and um, that church, you can go to the next slide, it's called Freedom Life Church. Um, the first two years in the second term, um, of course, there was COVID, 
and that was part of the reason. But we spent a lot of time on developing relationships, outreach, building relationships, uh, whether it was through English. I like soccer, so I played a lot of soccer. I have kids, so I go to parks, um, or just like ho throwing parties or hosting events, just doing a lot of building relationships. That's what we really did a lot the first two years. Now, in 2020, I think it was 2020 or 2020, maybe 2021, um, is when we were able to find a space to gather for worship. We had some people coming to our, our house because we, we worshiped as, even before we, we uh, were meeting as a church or advertising that, we always met in our house. But in Japan, um, as you've probably heard, houses are a lot smaller. You, you can't be loud. You can't even play instruments in your house. You don't have that much parking. So meeting actually in your house is not a very convenient thing unless you're more in the countryside and you own a house. Otherwise, it's just you can't really meet there. And in fact, a lot of the contracts say that you can't do anything other than the house was intended to do, which is a very convoluted way to say you're meant there to live. So no political activity, no religious activity is what they mean. And they put that in there because if they want to kick you out, they can use that to kick you out. Um, so our house did have that, but when it was just us as a team, it was, we did, you know, it's just, it's just us as a team, you know, and we're worshiping there. But then we had some, some friends, some non-believer friends start coming in, and, and then we had some other Christians that wanted to see what we were doing, so they came, and already 10, 12 people is too big for your house, so you don't have space for parking. So we needed to look for space. The Lord provided a wonderful space. I was close to a train station that it was on a major road. It had wonderful parking, and it was very, very inexpensive. You could just, park, you could just pay you know, per hour, and it was a really, really cheap rate. Nobody was using the space, so we're like, wow, praise God, let's start using this. So we started using that, and um, we started worshiping it there and just continued to do our ministry activity. Um, as we were there, uh, a couple of different interesting things happened. I want to just highlight a couple of stories just to share with you what the Lord is doing in Japan so you have a sense of what's going on and the opportunity that's there. Um, we had, we threw an event and it was basically an English event for kids, but it was meant for families to come. And we threw that event, it was a wonderful event. And one of our contacts came, and at the end of it, she came to me and she's like, she's like, Stephen, she's like, this was great. She's like, I heard you guys are worshiping here. Can I come to your worship service next week? And I'm like, of course. Um, I was like, of course you can. She's like, I was in a previous church and they told me that I can't bring my kids there because they're too loud. And I'm like, I'm like, well, <laughs> You most definitely can come to our church. I'm very sorry for that experience. She started to come and began to attend regularly with us. She has three kids. They're crazy, but my kids are probably just as crazy as they are. They're actually like up. It's kind of hard to point out, but they're up there. And um, they started worshiping with us. The husband is not a believer, faithfully attending every Sunday faithfully attending every Sunday. And, and one of the reasons, like they, one of our other friends, he's actually a Peruvian, he's ethnically Japanese, but he's a Peruvian alliance background. His wife is Argentine, but he's ethnically, she's ethnically Japanese, but Argentine. I was raised in Chile. I'm speaking more Spanish in Japan than I've spoken anywhere else. And I'm just so, it's like, God, you have the weirdest sense of humor. Um, but um, they're there and he asked, why do you like, why do you come? He's like, well, you know, I feel like comfortable because my kids are crazy, but like it's no one bats an eye. And I'm like, wow, 
And my kids being crazy too makes him feel comfortable. That's wonderful. Um, so he's coming faithfully, and uh, it's just really interesting. He actually came to visit us about two weeks ago here in Reading. Never left this, never left Japan in his entire life, and he came to visit us for a week. And he had the t- we we took him to Yosemite Park. We took him to the the redwoods. We took him to San Francisco. I mean, we showed him around here. The, we just showed him this. He had the best time of his life. But as you can tell, those places that I said have really long drives. And um, as we were driving, I mean, I just felt like I'm gonna ask you, hey, why? Uh, what's like stopping you from becoming a Christian? And he said, with totally like when you ask this question, people can get really guards up because it's a really personal question. We built such a report, totally walls completely down. And he's like, you know what? He's like, to tell you the truth, I actually believe everything the Bible says. And I was like, you believe everything the Bible says? Even the resurrection? And he's like, yeah. Like, I, I, I think I believe that. And I'm like, okay, well, what's stopping you from, like, taking the next step? Like, of baptism. Because in Japan, if you're not baptized, they don't think, they don't, unlike the States, they won't consider you a Christian. Because baptism is like, that's when you show you're serious. Because that's that physical, like, in front of everybody, confession of faith. Until you do that, people don't think you're Christian. Doesn't mean you're not saved. It just you haven't showed that step that I'm going to follow him. And um, I said, well, what's, what's stopping you from that? He's like, look. He's like, my wife, she grew up in the church. And when I see her and her parents, like, they've encountered God. They've experienced God. But I, I was raised in Japan. You know Japanese. We, we have a different culture, different background. I just haven't experienced God. I haven't had that experience. And when he said that, uh, first of all, I realized just how close he actually is because he identified that. And then a diff, a diff, a sec, when we, when it gave me a, a way to, to pray for him, secondly. And then the next time we were talking, I was like, you know what you shared with me this last time? I was like, if you want an encounter with God, why don't you ask him for an encounter? And I'm sure he will give you an encounter. And he took it. He's like, okay, okay. He went back. His wife wrote us a message and said, man, he had the trip, the time of his life. It deeply impacted him. I believe this guy's this close from becoming a believer. Now, that is that family. There's this other family. I'll be very, very brief. Um, there's this other family. Now, I do want to share this story. Uh, that was introduced um, to me by Alan and Jill Krop. Now, Don and right here, okay. Yeah. I, I saw him with the house, like, he looks like Alan's, he looks like Alan. <laughs> but um, Alan said, hey, I have this, I have this artist friend that I met. She lives in Sendai. Husband is a, husband is a, a, a teacher of philosophy at one of the major universities in Sendai, and she's an artist. We tried to meet for two years. We played email tag for two years. Finally, one day we were having this event. It was a barbecue. It was actually a 4th of July barbecue on the 2nd. And I, the night before, just emailed her saying, hey, if you want, we're having a barbecue. If you're free, I'd love to come. If not, no problems. She wrote back that morning, we're coming. She comes with her family. We get to know each other. We connect. We start meeting, you know, like just like, like once a month in a very kind of casual way they would come over to our house and just kind of support and minister to us. We learn more about them. We figure out that they actually did church planting work in northern Japan for 10 years. Um, he led worship. She, you know, she, 
she basically, I think she was actually, actually doing worship as well, but they were doing church planting ministry, so they were really ministering to us. And one day I decided to ask her, hey, you know, as an artist, how do you think we could use art to really increase our worship experience? And she said, well, you know what? I think the first thing would be to have live music. Now, up until this point, we literally didn't have the capacity, so we were doing video, like YouTube worship. And I said, I agree 100%. We just don't have anybody to do that. And she's like, well, would you, what do you think about my husband leading worship? And I was like, or I was playing the piano. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah. I was like, well, that would be great. How about um, th this next Sunday he leads worship and then we'll kind of go from there, decide how that works. And I was like, sounds good. So he, he played the piano, did worship. And he's like, what do you think? And I was like, this is wonderful. I was like, they're like, okay, well, we can do this. We'll, beginning of, of December, we're going to commit every Sunday to do this. Um, so they committed every Sunday to lead worship, to, well, at least play the piano. My wife, Ida, she led the worship, and they joined our church body, and they had these, this ministry heart, this ministry desire, and they've been such a blessing. But the reason why I share this story is because he is actually, like I said before, a professor at a really a really um, major university in our city, which used to be a mission school that's now a mission university, but it's not, no one's really a Christian that goes there except for the theology department. And he desperately wants to get missionaries into the university to speak and to preach during chapel. Now, at first, the department was very against it, so he would always come up and be like, hey, can we be praying that the Lord change their hearts um, about this? And sure enough, after three months of zealous pr praying, the leadership took like a 180 shift and was sort of like, yeah, we are, a, we are a mission. A missionaries founded this school. We should let missionaries, you know, share in chapel. It's like, praise, praise the Lord. Literally, open door for missionaries to come and share during chapel, do ministry activities, and just reach out to the students. Now, what's neat about this is, not only was he a professor, shortly after we left, he became the head of the liberal arts department in the university. Now, in Japan, their hierarchical society, when you go up the ladder, you're a very important person. I was walking with him in his university. We just call him Junji, like, hey, you know, Junji. His last name is Kimura. We're walking in his college campus, and people are, like, bowing to him as we're walking. I'm like, wow, I feel really important walking with this guy. But um, that... This is the guy, open door. And now with Envision site there, they are actually beginning to do English outreaches, English events with Envision. And Kevin Cochran, who I showed you before, he's a part of this as well. We hopefully will have some, some teams from Hawaii too to come in and do different events and activities. They met uh, Junji and Keiko, the people that I was just talking about. And they're like, yeah, if you were to come, we could do this, that, and the other. Open door to a place that is literally educating the next generation of leaders in Japan, one of the major universities. We are so excited about this. And, I, and I'm just thinking, well, you know, if you guys ever wanted to do a missions trip or something like that, and we have an Envision site, that is an opportunity that you guys could take. Anybody want to go to Japan over there? Anybody interested in Japan? Yeah? Only one? Wow. You got, okay, right here? Usually, like, Japan is super popular. Let's go, you know, like, I get a lot of people wanting to go to Japan. But um, for, for real, Simpson University, I'm hoping that with their WorldServe teams that they'll be able to, to go and do activities there. Um, there is an open door to reach out 
in Sendai. And not only through the university, that one, that wife that I told you about, that husband came to visit us, she works in a cafe. And she's like, guys, I want you to come to our cafe. She's not even the owner. I don't even know how she's able to do this. But she's like, I want you to come to our cafe and just do English and just do like English or whatever you guys want. And I'll invite my friends and you can invite your friends. And just that, that way we'll share the gospel. The Lord is moving. Doors are opening. I really feel that the Lord has gathered together workers that are really hungry to share the, to share the gospel. And I really feel like you guys can be a part of this, not only here in Japan. The Alliance wants to open up fields in different countries. But I just want to say, guys, please pray for Sendai. I honestly feel burdened. And I feel that this is a calling from the Lord to reach not only, not only to plant a church, but to reach the whole city. To reach the whole city. And I feel a long-term commitment. And I ask the Lord, what do you want me, how can we do this? He said, pray. Pray. And I really believe if we can get Sendai, you get that whole Tohoku region because it's the hub. It's the hub city, about a million people, many, many universities. So friends, I'm so grateful for just the way you guys have supported the Great Commission. I'm so grateful for this opportunity to share with you all. Um, and there's more that's going on, but more than anything, I wanted just to share with you that God is at work. The gospel is advancing. People are making steps also. I didn't share some stories, but people are actually making steps closer to Jesus. And some people have already confessed to Jesus. And that's because of your faithful prayers, your partnership, and your giving. And I am so grateful for how you guys have done that. So I would just like to close with a word of prayer. And I would actually like to close in a word of prayer in Japanese. Um, um, how does that sound? Does that sound good? Do you want to do English or Japanese? <laughs> Japanese? Okay, okay. Okay. Let's pray. あなたの福音が述べ伝えられますように、そして多くの方々が信じられますように私たちを用いてください。この教会でも神様、あなたの祝福と救いがありますように、私たちを用いてください。この時間を感謝します。すべてをイエスキリストの皆によってお祈りい
you're doing that with others. Help us all to be a part of your work, your plan. Um, that means God hearing what you're saying. And we pray for Sendai. We ask that you would um, continue to work to grow the, grow the, the body of Christ there. And that as you send out the gospel, that people will hear and respond. God, uh, may there be an awakening there and new life, a new creation in Christ. And we give you the praise and glory for all this. For you so love the world that you gave us Jesus, Father. Thank you. In your name. Amen. Amen.